Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of MindBuddyGreen, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at MindBuddyGreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. Sophie Tucker is an electronic musical duo based in Los Angeles consisting of Sophie Holly Weld and Tucker Halpern. They're probably best known for their song Best Friend, which was featured in a commercial during Apple's unveiling of the iPhone X, as well as their 2017 Grammy-nominated song Drinky. In 2018, their album Treehouse was nominated for a Grammy for Best Dance Electronic Album as well. So, with that being said, you're probably very familiar with their music, but you're probably not familiar with their passion for wellness, which we will dive into today. Sophie Tucker, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Hey. It is so great to have you guys here. So this is going to be unlike most interviews you do, where we're going to talk about wellness. So Sophie's favorite topic. (laughs) Sophie's favorite topic (laughs) and played a role with you as well. Yeah. Um, So let's start with both of your, your individual wellness journeys and what that looked like. And so I know, Tucker, you also played basketball at Brown, suffered yeah. from chronic fatigue, and then talk a little bit about that yeah. first. And So I always had sort of some irregularities and in inflammation in my joints and stuff leading up to uh, when I got extra sick my junior year. Uh, I was going back. I was actually the captain of the team. I was, you know, my whole life was just basketball and I'd been working towards being a professional for a long time and, you know, it was, it was looking like, you know, it was great. Things were really you good. You were pretty good. I, I did some research. Were you were really good. Things were good. And then uh, I got mono in like October of my junior year and got really sick. Uh, they have a really bad rule. In, there's a lot of bad NCAA rules, but there's a bad rule in the Ivy League especially that you can't play your first... You have to play your four years of eligibility in the first eight semesters. So if if I took a semester off because I was sick, I couldn't add an extra semester of basketball. Like I would be from when you started, you have to play your four yep. years. And I, because I was really just focusing on basketball at the time, I withdrew from school before finishing my first semester that year so that I could have a year back of eligibility even if I ended up going somewhere else for a year of playing. But um, but anyway, I didn't get better. I got mono, got really sick, was bedridden for about seven or eight months, and uh, in and out of doctors, came to New York a lot. Uh, my home was Boston, and I was at school in Providence, and was sort of just looking for any reason why I was still so sick. And uh, ended up, there was my immune system didn't create the right like antibody to make the Epstein-Barr virus dormant because once you have mono you keep it forever and uh so it was just constantly going and I took some crazy cycle of medication to make it dormant uh from an external from from medical using medicine (laughs) (laughs) and uh and then I sort of got better uh I went back to Brown the next year, sort of redid my junior year, tried to play this final year, or 
it was my junior again, so my third year, played through the season, but was having really, really tough inflammation issues and really bad uh, just health. I just couldn't do it. My body couldn't really hold up anymore. And I was slowly getting back, and then I'd, you know, take five steps backwards and slowly get better and take five steps back. And then the summer before my senior year, I was uh, I was actually working out with some of the Celtics guys at the Celtics facility in Boston, and I was like playing really well, feeling really good. And then every couple of weeks, I'd have this like horrible, horrible pain, and I'd have to sit in an ice bath, like I wouldn't be able to walk for a day or two. And I had like this this crazy joint acute inflammation. And uh, the doctor finally said after like three times every couple of weeks that happened, he said, you have to stop. Your body just can't handle it anymore. Like we don't even really know why. You just can't do it. So then uh, that was when I, I didn't like believe it at first because as you, I'm sure you know, like, I guess I don't know much about your basketball career. I wasn't as good as you. Well, <laughs> it was, yeah, I'm sure, I don't know. It's, it's a... I don't know. It was just like my life, you know, sure, sure. whether no matter how good I was, it was more my mindset. That yep. was just like I wanted to see how good I could possibly get. And I was sort of obsessed with that. And uh, it ended up. So I ended up having to stop and I turned to music when I was out for the year in bed. I like started uh, using my computer and like learning how to make music, just watching YouTube tutorials and stuff. And that's sort of what got me through that time without getting too sad and depressed that I was missing my life and everyone else was still going, you know? <laughs> uh, and then, so then I had one more year of school and I said, I want to try to make music somehow into a career. I have a year to do it. And I like frantically just started making music. I started DJing parties and just working all the focus I had in basketball. I just put into music stuff. And Sophie, what about you? and your journey to wellness and how you guys met at Brown. It's hard to pinpoint exactly when it started, but I think probably it was it was in college. Um, I kind of beat up my body emotionally, physically, mentally in high school. I just, uh, I was living in boarding school and I didn't know what I was doing and I was staying up too late and eating all the wrong foods and drinking too much and I was living in Italy, so that's why. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then someone very, very close to me, um, was diagnosed with, uh, bipolar and I, uh, quickly experienced, uh, just the fragility of human being and also the, um, impact of very like daily life choices on on that fragility um and so that's really like I got into yoga and that was kind of my first thing and I realized that like really small things every day have a huge impact um on how I'm feeling and I am extremely sensitive and so I was just kind of like playing around with certain things and noticing how different I felt and noticing, you know, how much more stable I felt when I was making certain decisions. And so it became increasingly important in my life. And in in yoga, I did a, a teacher training and um, one of the precepts was like, 
not eating meat. So that was like an experiment to see how that felt. And like, that felt great. And then, you know, the experiment is like, okay, be as conscious as you can be. And that felt really great. And that sort of led to sobriety. And then that led to, um, you know, meditation and all sorts of things just like started unfolding. And then, so it's been like a very passionate thing for me since college. Um, And just like a constant experimentation of like how good I can feel, but also because I'm so sensitive um, and because I've really experienced um, just the, the, the dark side of mental health. Sure. Um, I've seen like where I don't want to go. Um, and I think that that's where my passion really comes from. Um, so... Yeah, it's been a really long journey, and I, touring has kind of brought a whole new, uh, like, passion to it, and a whole new side of things because it's a really, really weird lifestyle, and um, we have to come up with ways to cope with it because, it, you know, um, the ways that most people know about are really self-destructive, and um, it's been a really interesting path trying to carve out like how we can take care of our, ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, all the ways while, while touring. How do you guys do that? And you mentioned mental health and a lot of people, it's an important subject. I too have seen the dark side of that and I've seen friends decline and lost friends and it's tough. And, you know, people tend to think of like being musicians and, and, being stars, if you will, and touring all over the place. They think of drugs and booze and all things that aren't good for for mental health and wellness. So like, how do you guys think about that tension and expectations and being conscious as performers? You know, some, some performers will also say like, I do my best work, you know, when I'm out of my mind or I'm high and the the people will say that. Uh, So how do you just think about that? How do you guys stay well? I think, first of all, we've had to figure it out sort mm-hmm. of for ourselves from the beginning. I also think it's it's not a lot of a, one way a lot of people, I think, stay healthy is like routines. And we don't have the, <laughs> the, luxury, the luxury of, routines. of having yeah. any type of routine whatsoever. Like I go to the <laughs> airport tonight at 3.30 a.m. And like we have a show at 11.30 tonight. PM. Yeah. So I basically just miss a night of sleep tonight. And it's it's really hard to figure out how to take care of yourself when that happens often. And I think I think it's good. We started as we both weren't crazy. Like we we both <laughs> speak for yourselves. No, different different crazy. We're we're totally crazy. <laughs> but we we both weren't like huge drinkers, yeah. huge drug takers, no, anything like that. And I think, I just think that was like, luckily, we also, early on, I think we experimented. Like, I remember being in the studio and like, we got high and we didn't get any work done. It sucked. (laughs) We hated it. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Really early in our careers, like in New York. (laughs) But, uh. Yeah, we, you know, we experimented with things where we're like, that doesn't feel good. Yeah, we or like, that's it. not sustainable or, you know, and, and I think especially that we make dance music. So we're in the club, we're yep. out late and 
most people around us, I would say, are on something. And I think most people around us think we're on a lot of things <laughs> because we're crazy. Um, but the reality is we're pretty much both always sober. <laughs> yeah. I'll have a drink every now and then, but we're pretty sober. I mean, also, we count on each other to yeah. like wake up the next day and be at a radio interview or on stage somewhere or at the airport. And uh, I think it would be a lot harder for both of us to deal with the other person <laughs> if they were hung over or coming yeah. down or something like that. And, and I think, so I think one, we take it really seriously and we both feel really lucky and grateful to be able to live this life and do what we love doing so much that we're constantly like, let's not screw this up, you know, for each yeah. other yeah. and for ourselves because it's, you know, it's sort of a one in a million sort of thing. And, uh, you know, we work absolutely as hard as we can, but also, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of really talented people who work really hard who don't get the same opportunities. Yeah. So I think one, we just don't take it for granted. It's not, you know, that just is. Yeah. Like is before, before shows, I think people are shocked. Like, We've had a couple artists come into our green room and they're like, wait, what? This is what you guys do? Like, yeah. we foam roll, we do a little workout, we, <laughs> we hydrate. We like get a sweat. Yeah. We, you know, it's sort of like preparing for a game, right. you know? Sure. We like mentally prepare. <laughs> and they're like, wait, you're in, what? So what's in, I love you, you have a foam roller in the green room. Oh, oh yeah. I have a Theragun yeah. at all <laughs> times. Yeah. It's just so loud. It's funny. <laughs> but I, ha I have, oh, I didn't bring it. I, have it <laughs> I love the Theragun. I have it in my back. I use it yeah, every great. day. Do yeah. people, when you bring that through airport security, they're like, what the hell I is this? I always check it because okay. I'm too nervous to take anything that has the word gun in it seems sure. like a it's bad true. idea. To uh, take the, the, the things that are like in our green room are like the Theragun and the Nutribullet. So we're like making yeah. smoothies. Like Yeah, usually riders <laughs> consist of like bunch frozen of fruit bottles of gray goose and like maybe drugs or oh, something yeah. right m&ms like yeah. the fam the infamous riders right. that show up on a just smoking one gun. color m&m yeah who was that i forget who that was one color m&m &M, like you know orange juice who was the, the other like thing Jack that White i would say also is like our goal is to connect with people and our we've kind of clarified over the course of you know the last couple of years touring that what we really want to do is arrive in a place and feel super connected to everyone in the room and have them just feel like you know in love with themselves and in love with everybody in the room and you know just have that kind of like really cathartic uh, you know uh, ecstatic feeling yeah. and if that's coming from a place of like kind of being not there and like I just don't think that it would come across as authentically at least you know for yeah for what we do for the music we make and for the kind of people we are I think like being present <laughs> and being there with whether it's even a with club each other 500 or if there's 40,000 people in a field if we can make it feel like we're really all connecting and we're all on the same level like we never play completely in the dark backlit or anything we mm -hmm. like want people to be able to look at us and we look at them and it's like you know even if you're looking at a jumbotron screen or something i guess but you we still want them to feel to feel it and we have so much fun and we want them to see us having so much fun because that's one something i we didn't see that much mm -hmm. when we were just starting and we were trying to figure out who we are as a band and what you know what defines us compared to any other band or something or dj group or whatever we are we're kind <laughs> of a weird mix of electronic music and live band but um yeah what we the first show we ever played actually we were like kind of 
it was a bunch of smoke and it was dark and backlit and we were trying to play it cool and like you know we got off stage i think sophie cried yeah i was like i hate this I we don't also do played this. for like five people in brooklyn at baby's all right and it was like we were first of three for togi monster we were trying to be mysterious now. yeah and we thought we were going to be this like mysterious electronic band which is like kind of like Daft Punk. The norm. Show. Well, yeah. Well, it's Minus kind of what, we, what <laughs> we knew and what we had seen. Yeah. And we thought it was, like, cool, you know. Like, we lived in New York and we I wore all black and we were, like... <laughs> and we got off stage and we were, like, that wasn't fun at all. Like, we were holding back from getting excited because yeah. we were trying to, like, look cool. And so then we quickly realized, let's just, like, let ourselves get excitable. That's who we are. We get hyped up, you know. If we look dumb, we look dumb, but we're going to have fun, you know? And then that sort of became way more us and felt better and I think made people more comfortable to feel crazy and like themselves too. But you mentioned like this idea of connecting with the crowd and feeling the crowd and inherently like my, my thought on like drugs, alcohol, and you know, I'm not innocent, I'm not... <laughs> um drugs when you go too far on that stuff it it like takes you outside of yourself it's versus when you're trying to be like conscious and really connect it's about like going inside it's like going within and connecting and it's it's hard to do that i feel like when you do it with drugs or alcohol excessively it takes you out it's almost numbing it takes you outside it's like a, it's almost like a bad shortcut mm. which is not and people will still walk away with that feeling of like, oh, connection. But in reality, when you're able to do that without all that stuff, it's much more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard for me to even know because I I have kind of three modes of being. I was describing the other day, like there's presence and then there's like focus on like a, a thought or an idea or something that I have to get done. And then there's this third category, which is just kind of somewhere. And I don't know where I am, but I'm like floating somewhere dreaming. And I don't, I'm not even aware that I'm doing it. I'm aware she's doing yeah. it. <laughs> I, it's like, it's, th I, and I just kind of like go somewhere and I don't know where I'm going, but that is really hard. It's hard to perform in that state. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I don't want to get any further from the earth than I already am. <laughs> so you mentioned yoga, and we got introduced by one of our dear friends, Tara Stiles. Um, like, what, what practices do you guys do? I know it's very hard to have a routine, but, like, what do you guys do when you can to help you be your best, to feel good, to feel well, and doing what you do? Yeah, I have like a thousand and one things because I think I just try to impose structure as much as I can because we don't really have much structure. So like uh, I chug a certain amount of water every day. Um, I, I practice yoga. I actually practice Strala, which is Tara's yeah. uh, style of yoga, um, which I really like. It's very like f free. It's not very rigid and it's just a nice thing to do like after a plane flight. Um, I meditate, I do Vipassana meditation, um, not as frequently as Vipassana recommends, but I do. You did a 10 day it. retreat though. That's serious business right there. Yeah. I, yeah. It was serious business. <laughs> she was trying to fit that into the schedule for like two years. Yeah, it's true. And then he was like, I think I was trying to do it right when we started the band and yeah. it was kind of like, are you really going to go take 10 days now? Yeah, like we're just starting we to build momentum. It's hard like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> It was really hard not not to not to talk and not to do our business. I had to schedule it like a year in advance. 
and everyone knew like that 10 days was you know no one could reach me and so we had to kind of prepare a whole year so that that could happen so it was a really like sacred time <laughs> i was like take advantage of this and what about you tucker um i'm a little different i think i think also one thing sophie didn't mention is she needs her like alone time yeah. which i think is a big part of her wellness and her process of being healthy and f it's it's a lot different than mine I, I like to be surrounded by people and energy all the time well when it's good energy <laughs> i'm like a real believer in morale and and positivity and uh I that's think almost the biggest thing that we really do i mean we're so like diligent about keeping good energy around us and having good energy around us and putting off good energy yeah i think that's one of the most important things i mean that yeah that's what i was saying i think it's probably one of the most important things to my well-being mentally and physically even is just mm -hmm. being positive sort of encouraging the people around us and the people around me and uh you know feeding off of good energy and feeding good energy and uh i don't get to work out physically like i used to ever since i got sick actually i still have sort of been battling chronic fatigue and inflammation in my joints and stuff and i actually just recently for the first time in about five years started trying again to get to the bottom of it with some a really cool uh sort of test thing that I just got into in San Francisco with some doctors who do some alternative uh, stuff with chronic fatigue syndrome. So I'm excited about that. I'd love to be able to play basketball. I really would love to go play in a pickup game. I can like shoot, but I can't really jump shoot. You know, I can horse perfect I for can horse form shoot, you, can you know, play horse. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could horse. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can shoot still, but I'd love to be able to play. I'd love to, do more than I do. I do band work and, uh, you know, get my heart rate going and get a sweat going before our live show. And then our actual show, we both go pretty crazy. And I end up with a full shirt of sweat every show. If I don't, it wasn't a great one. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys mentioned energy and the importance of energy. Like, what do you guys look out for? Like, what's a sign of like bad energy where you're just like, need to get away, energy vampire? out of here like do you, do you think also think because of what you do you're more attuned to it hmm. i think just based on who we are as people we've always been attuned to it and it's always been really important to us um yeah. but also we're surrounded by people all the time so i think well when you're sort of we sort of live with a nucleus of people hmm. and um like we're often on a bus so we're like seven to ten people or eight to eleven people sleeping within 20 feet of each other and so when you're that tightly around people if one person it's just hard not to notice and i think i sort of take on the role in our morale coordinator world <laughs> in our little you know traveling world of of just making sure everyone is okay and like feeling good and it's exhausting when it gets me too exhausted, honestly, to do our job well when there's someone who I have to like always go try to make sure is being positive and feeling good. 
So someone who's just really yeah, someone no, who's totally. like I'm nodding in a pretty generally down person is it's really hard for us to do our job right honestly and i mean it's not that it's not that we're not tolerant of like people who deal with depression or people who like are it's it's we've all dealt with stuff like yeah we really have so important to us yeah and and it's also like i think the thing that really gets us down and i think the thing that you are referring to especially is when people aren't treating other people right or they're treating other people unfairly um especially like within our nucleus like that's that's always been a real um you know deal breaker i just think that's sort of part of keeping the health and wellness in this weird world that we like exist in and it's really I, i think the other really important we've kind of touched on this thing that we uh, sort of like ask of everybody around us. And I think we hold ourselves to a high standard is being really uplifting of other people's um, like success or, um, you know, everybody's good fortune uh, is everybody else's good fortune and is never a competition is never going to bring anybody else down. And, we live in a world that could be competitive or could be, um, it is competitive. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be vicious and it doesn't have to be comparative. Yeah. That's really one of the things. Yeah. I think what you're getting at is one of the things that's really hard specifically is when there's sort of like an ugly jealousy or envy, you know, someone's insecurity is kind of coming to the surface and, and being negative about other people or other artists, that is just not something we like to be around. Because one, it's really hard to put yourself out there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we've all been the person or the people that other people are saying negative things about. And it feels horrible. So I've, I've had to catch myself from being too competitive because I am come from, like, such a sports sure. family. Super competitive. You want to win. I, I absolutely <laughs> always want to win. Like, when we were going into the Grammys this past year, I was like, I want to win. Of course. Is it is it wrong? Everyone's always like, no, like, you know, we're all, it's, we're all winners. We're all nominated. Like, no, I wanted to win. And I think that's fine. Or that's just how I am. That's how I'm going to be. But, but, you know, there's there's a difference between being competitive and not, you know, respecting everyone you're up against or not not even up against. Honestly, the cool thing about music is I used to say this when I, we first started. I was like, we I feel like we have a game whenever we have a show, but you could win every game. Mm-hmm. You know? Like there's no other team trying to make you lose. Yeah, it's just everyone's rooting for you in the audience. Right. That's Unless, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and we, so we recently started an artist collective called Animal Talk. And the whole ethos behind Animal Talk is just artists supporting artists and artists lifting each other up and empowering each other. Because I think there's a lot of, you know, you hear about it like in the media, like artists trying to tear each other down or compare each other to each other or whatever. And the other thing is there's obviously this narrative of the very destructive artist. And what's interesting to us is kind of starting a whole movement of people who are all trying to take care of themselves and trying to take care of each other and like sharing wisdom and best practices and like what is working and what isn't working on the road and 
being able to talk to somebody who also lives on the road, who's also going through similar things. Um, we met a really interesting a group in Paris uh, at our show. They were the one, they came in before we were getting ready for our show, and they were like, you know, do you want a wine or beer or whatever? And we're like, no, like, we're going to work out and stuff. And and they, like, really <laughs> didn't understand. Like, And I th- also, like, the French culture is a little sure. different. They, I think but they looked at each other and they're like, wait, we could do that? They actually said that, I yeah. think. They were like, wait, you mean you don't drink, before like... Before a show. Before a show. Like, they're like... We didn't think that was even an option. I don't know. There, it was like dance music also. And they were like, that's, we never even considered like, that we when could. When we get off tour, we w- have to rest for three months. Yeah, like we could <laughs> go to these events and go to these press things and play these clubs and not drink. Like, that's an option. And we were, we were both, we kind of looked at each other and we we're like, this is blowing our minds. Because like, of course that's an option. You can do whatever you want. But they actually didn't even consider it. And when we were starting and we were opening up for bands, we don't see anybody like that either. What, being healthy? Yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't that much no. healthiness going on. Well, yeah. Not all complete destruction. But no, not complete destruction either. But first of all, mo- most people within like the touring world don't know that much about. And then people outside of the touring world, I think, think that artists are all kind of like doing whatever <laughs> yeah and they're like how do you do it you're like it's really hard it takes a lot of work and you have to be really intentional about it sure well if you think about wellness in general it's it, it's so much about routine right and like you know sleep food like meal schedule like you know like you got a kitchen you can go grocery shopping you have a restaurant like it's it's routine 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 and music inherently with touring is like the unroutine and you have like these ups and downs and ups <laughs> and you're traveling and it's just like it's like a routine break like the only routine is you're gonna go up and perform mm-hmm. right right and like how do you like it, yeah. it's hard and have a crazy amount of adrenaline at 2 a.m when you're finished yeah <laughs> exactly so that's another thing like you know i remember there was an interview i think i've mentioned this in the podcast there was an interview with michael stipe from like years ago and, I, and he was saying how after tour, he like couldn't hang out with people. Mm. He he said he would go to dinner with friends and he would just be like these people like he's like, I couldn't participate in the conversation. I was just like mad. I'm like, this is boring. I can't be here. And then after like talking to a therapist or something, they were like, no, like the problem's you. Like <laughs> you need he discovered he needed like like serious time after a big tour to like just calm down and not do anything to like be normal because he was just running at adrenaline and just so how do you do that especially with your music what you do that energy like how do you do that like how do you get to sleep how do you balance that how do you or is it (laughs) it's it's interesting we it's also interesting because we have such different we have such different answers for that for what works for us you, yours is more <laughs> intentional and interesting, so you can, you, can, you can say yours first. I mean, yeah, first of all, I'd say it's really hard. Like, the first couple years of touring, I just really struggled. I would sleep poorly, and I slept maybe a couple hours, and then I'd wake up and then eat breakfast at a kind of regular time and then go back to bed and then not really see the sunlight all day and then just feel really confused and then kind of, like, 
emotionally all over the place because of my sleep schedule and I remember our manager just being like it's totally normal like you get off tour and it's like weird and you're experiencing that for the first time and I was like but there's no way like I refuse to feel like this I want to keep touring like I don't want this experience so I experimented a lot and um meditation's a big part of it meditating before the show is really helpful for like the kind of high that I get on and then meditating after the show but even better than meditating is a bath that's the best thing I've ever experienced because it immediately like zaps my adrenaline and then sometimes when we play a really crazy show like I fall asleep right away um because it's just been such a good workout but then like you know last weekend we played a two really really like intense physical shows and uh I for the past like three or four days like I kind of felt like shit I was like didn't really have much energy and it was I it is what it is you know like the other part of it and I think the other part of meditation is just learning to be okay with not having that much energy and like not being like that's bad that's bad make it go away make it go away which is my instinct is to just like feel really uncomfortable with tiredness. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like kind of learning to be a little more equanimous towards like the the not so good physical feelings. Um, but yeah, a bath is is like if there's a bathtub, then I'm I'm set. I can go to bed. <laughs> but we don't have a bath. A Usually lot. we don't. No, but like I'll sit under the hot shower. Sometimes that'll help. Um, I also like I I turn my phone on airplane mode um, and I journal, but so, you know I'm it's still a process like I'm still experimenting and learning. Um, it was really annoying when we we used to share rooms on tour, and uh, <laughs> she we'd get back to the hotel and she'd have like a two hour like wind down <laughs> routine stretch. where she would do like all these things <laughs> and. And, like, wouldn't even, like, want me to have the TV on mute because she's trying to, like, get her eyes ready to sleep and, like, all this crazy stuff. And I still don't really relate to that at all. I kind of just, like, work till I fall asleep. And I just fall asleep. Like, with, I'll, like, fall asleep with, like, my clothes on and just be like, right. so I just, like, go and go and go and go until I just crash. So We're so different. And it works, well, <laughs> it works for me. So you mentioned like used to sharing rooms. So you guys aren't a couple. You're not married. No. But you're collaborators and you're with each other like all the time. Yeah. How do you <laughs> how do you manage that? And, and, and that's that can be difficult. Yeah. We're good. It's it's really interesting <laughs> when we started the band or when we met and started making music. We weren't even really friends. It was our senior year at Brown. We, uh, she was like an acoustic bossa nova musician. I was like a DJ, like house music. And we, I thought what she was doing was really interesting, but really boring and slow. So I was like, can we, you know, like maybe work together and make something interesting here. And, uh, we, we sort of slowly became friends, but like very slowly. Really, music came first. We basically moved to New York to pursue this before we really knew each other very well. And uh, it sort of took both of us having to go through health issues and really relating about it 
Wait, I so think. so I broke my toes right after we moved to New York. Um, stress fractures. Stress fractures, Ooh. yeah. And uh, I had to live in a wheelchair for four months. Oh, my God. And so I was actually in the Netherlands, which is where my parents were living, uh, in a wheelchair. And at this time, we hadn't even started the band yet. We knew we wanted to start the band. Well, we had our Tucker first in EP New York. finished, mm-hmm. and we were about to start it. And then she had to go take care of her health before we started the band. And so... She basically went through what I had gone through two and a half years earlier when I left school and was in bed for, uh, I guess, like eight months. Mm. And and we really got to know each other then, ironically, when we were not in the same place. And we FaceTimed like all day, every day working on music and kind of just talking and, you know, keeping her sane through that tough time, moving home. at that. It's just hard and not being able to... It was like a four-story walk-up, and yeah. you were like in a wheelchair. That was the whole thing. That was horrible. Yeah. But uh, but then we we became close, and we're so different. We like had no overlap. Brown's not that big of a school, like five thousand something undergrad, and we'd never even seen each other. We were living on such different planets at school and in general. And so when we have a couple mutual friends who we figured out after the fact and they when it was all sort of starting up they were like what how are you guys friends like how is we're like we're not we don't really get it yeah we're we're not really friends (laughs) (laughs) we we like like what we create together and i think us being so different from each other one is why i think what we create is is like interesting and exciting to me and also i think that's why we don't really get sick of each other because we're together all the time but we're like so different that it like doesn't get annoying for some you know i mean we'll bicker at each other when we haven't slept in a day or two but we've never it's never been a problem yeah so you mentioned earlier, like, you know, times like being down, like, what have you, what, what was that like? How'd you get out of the rut? Um, well, I guess there's like a lot of different types of being down. I mean, I'm in, in terms of touring. Yeah. And just like being down, like you talked yeah. about like mental health, like it, it's tough. <clears throat> I have tremendous respect for what you do and it's grueling and there's like this, to me, like there's this tension of being so connected to everyone and then you're mm-hmm. alone and then back and forth. And it's like up and down and up and down. And I, it, it could take a toll yeah. on people. And sometimes just like, I can't, do, it, 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 it could take a toll on people. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I sort of said earlier, like I'm a, I'm a very sensitive person and I can go pretty up and down even without touring. Like I just, I'm very porous and I, I, I sometimes have trouble like, with any boundaries like sure. when I'm interacting in the world like it's just straight through and then it affects me all day um and I think I just naturally emotionally go up and down and touring definitely exacerbates it like it just makes the highs even higher and the lows lower but I think that the lows don't I've just learned about them like they're like I cry a lot but I now know that it's not it's not like real deep sadness it's like um it's just tenderness if that makes sense so I get to a point like I remember two weeks ago we had just filmed these crazy videos and we were up like 
you know, grinding like 4 a.m. wake ups, 12 hour shoots. Like it was crazy physically demanding. And then the week after, like I just, I was like, anything could make me cry. And I'm also, you know, hormonal and a woman. And like, I, I think I just, maybe developed a sense of humor about it or like I can call Tucker and he's like, yep, you know, like that's her. And it's, it's almost like a respect in a way, even though it's kind of a joke. It's like, I, I, I respect the way that I am, which is like, I am this like kind of emotional, sensitive being. And um, I know also, it'll, it, I know it'll end like when I'm sad and I know that it's not that serious. Like I, in those situations though, especially you're so exhausted yeah. and you're so overtired oh, yeah. that that's just your process. Yeah. That's how you deal with that. But then I guess what I'm saying is rather than being like, oh, my God, I'm so like I I think before I would I would think that whatever the thing that I thought I was upset about was like a real thing. And I think I'm getting better at being like, nope, I'm just going through like an adrenaline crash right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. And like the thing that I'm fussing about or the thing that I think I'm upset about, I'm not really that upset about it. I'm just kind of like attaching my you know, uh, ups and downs to like the present moment, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like, um, being a little bit more removed from the, the ebb and flow of my emotional being. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not always Zen, but I think I'm, I'm definitely better than I was when we started the band at, um, yeah, we've had to just learn riding the wave, you quickly. know, not not like getting so worried about it staying forever sure. or or it being like a really big deal. We we have had to learn pretty quickly like how to just go with the adrenaline and the crashes and the adrenaline and the crashes and in a way just like be at peace with it and enjoy enjoy it because it's I mean it's so fun. We we have the best life ever. It's, it's also, so fun. It's also personal. I think, like, I have a really different experience than Sophie with a lot of that, and I'm not as emotional. Uh, <laughs> I think I can get in a sort of crabby mood or a little upset when I'm feeling physically really bad because I'm worried <clears throat> that it won't get better, like when I was really sick for a long time. I think that always stresses me out, so then I'll that'll, like, come out. But but in general, I think another reason why we're good partners is that I'm pretty non-emotional, you know, probably sometimes to a fault. But uh, because I'll just be like, you know, suck it up. We got work to do. I don't want to hear it. And she'll she responds way better to that now than she did at first. (laughs) Yeah. I was like before, like you cold hearted. Yeah. (laughs) But but I think, you know, that's part of the reason we can exist and you know but yeah and I think there is a high level of respect like you you're just like oh Sophie's doing her thing and that's like awesome and that's who she is yeah I wouldn't say awesome but I'd say (laughs) say it's necessary for her (laughs) because you know I respect her and I think she's great and I think she's you know amazing and her you know talented and if she needs to do what she needs to do to be there all the times we need her to be there, which is often, uh, then, you know, she can have that. <laughs> Acceptance and respect. <laughs> yeah. And fun. I mean, we have so much fun. Yeah. 
So how do you guys think about the creative process? And like, how do you get ready? You know, a lot of people have different thoughts, you know, very different from being an athlete where it's like, you know, there is no creative process. You do the work and you do the work right. <laughs> and that's it. But like, how do right. you think about that? And how do you get ready? Like when you're about to do a new album, you're about to go on tour. Like, what does that look like for you? Well, I think Tucker brings a lot of the athlete mindset into our creative process, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Like, You'd be shocked how much it is the same. Like, obviously playing basketball is not as creative. Well, I think you can actually be very creative when you're like playing basketball. If you watch like Luka Doncic is like, that's, he's an artist out there. You know, Larry Bird was an artist. Luka, are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, I found it, a lot of people who are musicians or artists were not athletes and they didn't learn some of the things that I learned like having a grown man scream in my face, you know, and like, <laughs> like one to not get riled up about stuff. You just have to like, not let it affect you. And like, you know, crazy stuff like that. Like what other thing, what other scenario in the whole world is it like, I guess maybe the military to have like a grown man in your face, like spitting, screaming at you, like he's going to like hit you. It's like, you can't do that in real life. In front of lots of people, too. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've experienced that. <laughs> right. That, think about it. That doesn't happen in the real world. That doesn't happen at normal jobs. You nope. get fired. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not allowed. So, like, not, and, and, and I think that's just a small piece of it. But, like, stuff like that, one, I've realized that Sophie, for instance, I mean, she was, she was a good soccer player, but I still think is a little different at, like, the college level she didn't experience some of those things or, you know, having to wake up at 4 a.m. and run stadiums and then go lift mm -hmm. and then go to breakfast and then go to class and then go back to, to practice and then ice bath for an hour and then go to sleep. And like, these are like, so when we're in the studio and we're getting a little tired at first, she was like, okay, <laughs> I'm tired. Like, I want to go home. And I was like, what? <laughs> you're tired? Who cares? <laughs> I don't care if you're tired. And I don't think that's how a lot of like artists or musicians approach things. And I learned quickly that it wasn't. And I think we learned quickly that that can be an advantage for us and that mm -hmm. we can like, we can work harder and push ourselves harder. And you know, when you have to just wake up like a zombie, get in a car, go to the airport, walk through security, that at 4 a.m., that's easier than waking up, going to the gym, changing, running up stadiums while a grown man yells in your face. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's like we can do it, you know? It's like there's worse things, obviously. You know, Tucker's like my coach. You can go to war. Like, obviously, there's worse things. There's always worse things. Sure. But just the mindset of, <laughs> of uh, and I think I even, you know, I took it too far. The first year we were really touring last year, I was just like, let's say yes to everything. You're, you can do it. You can do more than your body thinks you can do. Like, let's go play on this side of the world and then this side of the world the next day. And like, we, need to, we need to grow our, you know, that my mindset was like, we need to, you know, put the footwork in, grow our fan base, connect with all these people all over the world so we can get bigger and you know so this so we can do it and uh that's true to an extent but it's also you know 
<laughs> not the healthiest thing. So I think I also had to tone it down a little. <laughs> yeah. We've kind of met in the middle. Yeah. I've definitely gotten much stronger because of Tucker and just his belief that we can do more than we think we can. And then I also think you've gotten healthier. <laughs> I've gotten so much healthier. <laughs> Oddly enough, like back when I was going through all my health things, nutrition wasn't that big of a part of it. It wasn't. I saw so many specialists from like every strange medical genre that there is and not a nutritionist, oddly enough. Sure. And uh, Sophie's been a really good uh, influence on my just being healthier. And it does make me feel better. It's not like the absolute root of my issues, but uh, it does help. And it helps us to be more sustainable. And I think, interestingly, you know, when we were playing, it was just like carbo load. I was just trying not to lose weight. Gatorade and right. fried chicken and right. all the... I still like Gatorade, but, yeah. but no fried chicken anymore. <laughs> no, well, I played it was a lot longer. Like there was nutrition was, was like nothing. Yeah. You didn't even talk about it. Well, it was, I, it was literally just like... I was, you know, lifting. They were just like, stop losing weight. And we'd run and work out so much. So I would just have to <laughs> pound carbs. It didn't matter. Like, they were like, go to McDonald's and eat as many right. burgers as you can. It's crazy. Probably making everything worse. Totally. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, yeah. it's really, it's just, it's, it's Well, most Western medicine, too, like, they don't talk about nutrition and there are certain food, foods that are inflammatory. Right. And like, if you have anything that's right. close to being autoimmune, like, right. probably not going to be good for you right. and they don't even it's like talk yeah. about it it's all the study that i just got into is is mainly around the gut and oh, totally. uh, really just incredibly interesting things that they told me about my health that no one had told me and since the six years or seven years since i had these real issues and in the first meeting with these people they were like oh this sounds like you know, you have a thing called leaky gut, and these are the reasons. And you're and, speaking our language. Uh, no, it's, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Tucker yeah. called me. He was like, "You can say I told you so now." Yeah, because <laughs> she was always like, "You know, these things matter," and I was like, "Yeah, maybe a little bit, but not, you know, fully." And still, I think I'm going to need some medicine. But, but like, <laughs> sure. but, but these. Uh, we'll set you up. We have lots of good information on leaky gut here at my. <laughs> no, I want it all. <laughs> well, we'll give it to you. I just this. did so many blood tests and dual tests and oh, all yeah. these things so uh i'm gonna get all that back in the next week and i'm i'm actually i'll let you know what they okay. say well we, <laughs> we know a lot of really amazing doctors here so yeah, happy you. to help we do yeah. they've all been in this chair that's um, cool but like a lot of people i know same leaky gut like it's all and it, it just a great line from my doctor guy is he's been on this podcast frank Lipman is like an amazing amazing functional medicine doctor so like real doctor will prescribe medication and also say like you need acupuncture also right. or change your diet. And uh, one of my favorite lines from him is the gut is the second brain. Mm -hmm. mm. Like so much starts in the gut, specifically yeah. like leaky gut, autoimmune and yeah. like everything. It's like 80% of the immune system or something yeah. is, is in the gut. Yeah. So going back to creativity, it sounds like work Sorry. ethic. Work, no, no, this is a good, this <laughs> is a good segue. It's a good segue. So it sounds like work ethic is a big part of creativity. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think there's kind of two very extreme schools of thought there's either you create when you feel like it and like when the inspiration comes then you show up and then there's the okay you Which show up true. yeah but then you show up every day and then 
you inspiration comes inspiration comes yeah (laughs) and then when your inspiration comes you're actually there working so good thing you're there i think it's to to catch it there's a great (laughs) quote i think it's somerset mod i may be wrong it's something along the lines of like inspiration strikes every day precisely at 9 (laughs) (laughs) a.m it's like showing up getting ready and that's yeah but i think i mean there's there's definitely wisdom in both and i also think um we're like we make all of our music together um it's super collaborative and we're usually like in the same room together the whole time but we also do very different parts of it in a way and i like lyrics are really interesting because sometimes it it is more like a when the inspiration strikes and sometimes it is like i just show up um but you also what you do a lot is when the inspiration strikes you'll like write yeah. down lyrics and poetry and stuff yeah exactly. and then when the inspiration's striking and i'm making a beat or something it's already there bring it in yeah and so kind of just like keep it around but then you know it's like we'll have really great ideas like in the shower or like when we're you know having some kind of mental space and mm. doing something else really does help a lot of the times so when we have like a song that has a, a puzzle but i think the most important thing about our creative process is just showing up every day or not every day, but most most days. <laughs> yeah. So what is it, if you had to take a step back and, and be outside yourselves for a second, like what is it do you think about you guys that makes you who you are and I would say successful? You know, you've been nominated for Grammys. You've, you know, been in an Apple commercial. Like people would say like you guys, I know like success means a lot of things to different people, but like people would say like you guys are doing it. You're artists, you're living your dream, you're touring, you're here. What is it? And a lot of people you mentioned earlier, like there are a lot of people who are really talented, but it just doesn't happen, whether it's acting, music, art. So what is it about you guys that you think makes it happen? It's a good question. It's a hard one to <laughs> answer, really about hard yourself, answer about yourself. I think, I think one of the things is how hard we work and how much how for how much we don't take ourselves seriously how much we take (laughs) this job and career seriously that's true and you know that isn't to say that we don't think that a lot of people don't work really really hard that maybe haven't gotten nominated for a grammy like that doesn't mean that they're not working hard one other thing that i would say is having each other means that Every single thing we do, we have to run by the other person. And the other person is very different. And in a way, there's... And very honest. And we can't... We don't compromise. We only do things when we're 100% really both excited about it, rather than one person being like, okay, fine. You know, we talk about it every day. We're like, thank goodness we have each other. Yeah. Because doing it on your own, you can just... You just don't have like a like a bullshit detector as as readily available or like a yeah it's scary thinking about that we have a lot of friends who are solo artists and the one just how lonely it is i mean just the amount of things like we're you know just you know sitting in a hotel room walking to sound check being in the green room before the show if you're doing those things alone yeah that you're in your head all day and everyone wants something from you or yeah. trying to put something and wants you to grab you. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do that. And, and if everyone says something great, you don't mm-hmm. have anyone next to you to be like, no, no, no it's not that great. It's not great. Like you need to yeah. 
watch what the reasons Check they're telling yourself. you. It's great. Yeah. So uh, I think that's one of the things for sure. I yeah. think we got really lucky when we got a manager and put our team around us together. They're really good people mm-hmm. who care about the right things and care about longevity and aren't there for like the quick early money grabs uh, and care about our health and care about the message yeah. that we're sending to the world and keep us in check if we need it. Uh, I think that's really important. And I also just think us being so different is I think something that is unusual. I just think a lot of people form bands with people that like the same genre or like, you know, like obviously like who, Cause that's what, who that's would, what... who would start a band with someone that you like don't Donate. have much overlap right. with. And I think that we're like creating a lane of overlap that we both love. And I think, you know, it sort of lands a little bit outside any other lane that exists because I don't think one brain could make a lot of the stuff that we make. And I think that's, I think that's special. Uh, but again, hard to talk about right. yourself like that. <laughs> but that, that Do I you think wellness makes you better? Focusing on being well? Absolutely. Definitely. Oh my gosh, we wouldn't like... <laughs> we put a lot of focus on it. Yeah. Honestly. Sophie did more than I did at first. And then we've sort of realized how relevant it has been to my life. Almost like more relevant for... Th- some real crazy you know health stuff and it's pretty yeah it's pretty amazing yeah I mean you know lack of wellness is really what like brought us together you know and we bonded over it and so I think ever since then like we released our first song right when I got out of the wheelchair and so our whole journey since we've really been a band has also been around how we bonded about you know not being well and dedicated dedicating ourselves to each other to help each other be well whether that's mental emotional physical whatever it's all really connected connected and a part of it i've been taping sophie's foot for the past like month you're like the trainer on the road i'm literally do do ice and stem too on her the the heat Uh, heating and no (laughs) but i I have her icing now yeah i ice my knees and feet after every show and then do the theragon and uh, we have her because she sprained her ankle at a show so we have her. Was it at a show? I don't know. She's pretty ankle. It's, it's a basketball injury. I, I know. I know. I knew how to tape. I'm wearing basketball shoes like, today. I was like, I actually know the taping. I'll also give you the Lodi taping so your yeah. plantar fascia is safe. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, I'll make you a smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> what's it? Do you have a go-to? And what's in your smoothie? Ooh. Tell well, them about the. So we just uh, got a place in Los Angeles, and uh, Sophie makes the best breakfast every morning <laughs> yeah it's just it's it. an acai bowl uh it just has it depends on the day actually well but just usually give them an example acai and banana and spinach and avocado and celery and frozen cherries frozen blueberries almond butter almond butter well, granola. hemp seeds <laughs> Chia I throw seeds. on some uh, honey. She doesn't. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we literally, we we have it. Um, like our rider is just like the ingredients for an acai bowl. And then I bring I the Nutribullet around. I, oh, I love I love to see it someday. We should, our, <laughs> our, our audience would love to see a healthy rider. I'll, uh, I'll take a picture. We Maybe should, we'll have yeah, it today. We do, we do a little do. video of it. Yeah, you do it. Share with us. We'll share it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so who do you guys admire 
from an artistic perspective, whether it's present or even past? I am very obsessed with Alicia Keys right now. Ever since seeing her at the Grammys, she she hosted the Grammys. And the way that she held space was so inspiring. She just was so at ease. And she began the whole Grammys uh, holding hands with her sisters, with with other women. Um, And I think as a woman, seeing that kind of sisterhood and that kind of like matriarchy was one of the most memorable things I can recall. I mean, it was it was incredible. And uh, and then her artistry, I mean, the way she played the piano with uh, two pianos and um, the way that she just seems to have integrity no matter what. Her relationship with her husband just seemed really rad. Um, her relationship to herself seems really rad. I love I love everything about her. <laughs> love it. What about you, Tucker? I don't know. I I respect a lot of diff, very different type of artists. I think one person I just rewatched an old concert of theirs Oof. is a guy named Stromae, who's a, a French artist, but he's he's Belgian, but he speaks in French, and. Uh, he you just got to check them out he's like he makes the most interesting music he's the first artist who only makes music in french to headline madison square garden and sophie and i actually went to that show with my dad before we started the band and just the way he blew our minds and the artistry and every single attention to detail like he dresses all his crew members who are behind the stage like you'd never see them in his his uniform and then they all come out and like take a bow at the end and they're all in the same uniform just like the attention to detail and the artistry of that guy just like blows my mind so he's also like six six and lanky so. i love it tall man. <laughs> he's like he's like a ballerina yeah I mean, he he's is like another incredible. yeah he's incredible he's really cool you should look him up stroman oh well how do you spell it S-T-R-O-M-A-E. Yeah. Okay. I'll check him out. Yeah. Any advice for aspiring artists out there? My favorite advice is, I always say this, but Mm. make music you love. Like make music that excites you. Too many people, I think, make music because they think it's like in or they think people are going to like it or like sounds like something else. And I would just say, if you make something that you really get excited about and love, I think you have a better shot. Yeah, and I would say surround yourself with people who inspire you, who will lift you up, and who will tell you the truth, and take care of yourself as best you can. <laughs> That's just great life advice all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it is. And what if you guys could go back in time and give yourself advice as if you were a newly minted band, what advice would that be? <laughs> Silence. Yeah, it's a really good question. I'm proud of a lot of decisions we've made. I don't I think there's a couple there's a couple things really early on before we had a manager or anything like in the mm. early early process of making music that I feel like a lot of artists go through. We've actually seen it with some other artists, but once you get to like the business part, like after you make a song, you kind of freak out and everyone wants their piece and it 
it's something <laughs> when you're not comfortable with it and you don't know anything about it. Yeah. And it's actually really complicated, the actual business behind a song and who owns a song and who owns the publishing and the master. It's like it's actually confusing. And when you're really new at it, you can do things that aren't uh, fair. Yeah, sure, that you whole, the whole music as a business is notorious we wouldn't, we for being do yeah. unfair and crazy. Right. And like the the best, you know, I go back to I think like the the best in business were the Grateful Dead. It's right. like they don't like. I mean, right. I'm I'm really proud of the way that we've done business though because we, you know, we have a lot of control, and yeah, we, even though we have like a label, f- we don't we're independent in the United States. And in the rest of the world, we have a label, but... Um, it's just they, licensed they, to them, though, so we yeah. own everything. It, it is really, really nice. And we're really able to say, oh, well, we created the song. We really believe in it. We're going to put it out. And there's nobody saying, well, you know... This doesn't fit on the radio. Right. So. Right. Yeah, but, which is really nice. But I'm even just talking about, like, with other, you know, working with other artists or yeah. other musicians. I think a couple times, you know, could we? I've ruined a friendship... Yeah. Sort of like on the first song we ever made because we were like fighting about the stupidest little things that everyone was all uptight about because no one knew how to deal with these things. And so I think, one, having a good manager, you don't have to deal with that stuff. And two... And a manager who we know, like their moral compass is in the right, right place. Right. And two, just, you know, know that relationships are more important in those situations than a couple percentages on a sure. song, yeah. no matter how big the song gets. So what keeps you guys up at night and what has you excited every morning? The music keeps me up at night. I, I like you, I'll be thinking about it sometimes or like these parties that we've been throwing and I'll think about like, oh man, like just thought of a song that will go off. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I'll just like imagine. Like I used to do the same exact thing as basketball. It's sure. literally the same. <laughs> I would like, you know, picture myself in the game, you know, dunking on someone or like hitting a third. Yeah, I still just do the visualization. That keeps me up, unfortunately. <laughs> Sometimes it puts me to bed, I guess. I would say, unfortunately, this is like, uh, you know, an unsexy answer, but I think probably my health is, if, I've, if I ever am kept up, it's usually my, my health. Like, either I feel bad physically or I am... Um, I'm worried about feeling worse. Sure. And it's it's like a really silly cycle. And, and I'll get like a really long text yeah. of panic. Yeah. And yeah. Then I'll Seriously. Call I'm her like, and be like, you're going to be fine. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to have a voice tomorrow. Like, I lost my voice today. Like, that, like, um, when we're touring, I get really, really anxious about my voice. Like, when I get sure. sick. Because um, that, that's just kind of like my worst nightmare is showing up to like a show and just not being able to sing. But it's like, it's something I'm working through. Uh, but I don't, I don't actually stay up as much as I used to. But it, it, it's ironic because I stayed up last night and I sent, I sent Tucker a long text last night. Yeah. So what has you excited every morning? <laughs> you wouldn't know oh my that. God, I like uncontrollably excited just for our lives. Like every day there is something so fun and something really exciting to do. But that, see, that's why I get so anxious about my health. Is I just, I don't want anything to stop me from all the stuff that we want to do. And it's just, it's such a privilege what we do. It's so fun and we have such a good time doing it. And I, 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 I love it so much. I want to, you know, I want to always do it and I don't want anything to hold me back. Yeah, I agree. I also feel guilty sometimes about that. Because I have a lot of friends and, you know, loved ones and family who don't get that. 
they don't get to wake up to that every day. You know, they don't, most people don't love what they do that much and get to have as much fun as us. So I think that's, it's amazing, but it's also like, you know, really don't want to take it for granted because I even feel bad about it sometimes. And then also just, I would say the things lately I've been waking up excited about is like, we have a new song uh, and a new video that like, just mean a lot to us and we're so excited to all the people (laughs) oh we're so excited it's called fantasy uh it comes out on march 22nd i don't know when this is we'll make sure it airs (laughs) after march 22nd (laughs) and uh yeah it's just you know we're really excited about it we've put a lot into it and it's a long time coming and you know these sort of little milestones of you know putting things out or you know getting nominated for awards or these little things are sort of fun little things that yeah the daily is amazing and sometimes exhausting and hard but looking forward to these little things is always really yeah, fun like of, Coachella yeah. like that's something you know you look we're kind of to. in the process right now of creating a new, a new world like a new phase of our of our world and so we've been just like really excited recently about the new songs and the new like we have a whole new kind of visual landscape for it and so we just came up with you know uh, some titles and some concepts and just the feeling of of creating a whole world and watching it come alive and then every day waking up and getting to kind of like add another brick to it is like the most deeply satisfying thing I, I can imagine, really. Mm, well said. Well said. I love that. <laughs> so, my sure last, that feels. Yeah. Cool. so my last question as you're sort of talking about the future, like how do you guys think about the future? Like where do you see yourselves like a year from now, three years? I think anything past three years is very hard. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like do you even think about like where do you guys want to be musically? Where do you want to be? Just what does that look like for you? I definitely want to be at a point where... One year or three years? Either one, whatever you're comfortable okay. with or both. What? what? I don't know. Let's do two years. <laughs> no, one in three. Do one. Right. Go one. one. Quick. What's your answer? Okay, in one year. Yeah. I mean, ideally, I would. I, I was going to say I would love to be in a place where it's clear the world that we're creating and it, our music and what we're doing stands for something much larger than just like Sophie and Tucker. Like, I want for this feeling that we get when we do our shows of that room of people who just come alive and just um I think there needs to be more places of joy and inclusivity and kindness in the world right now and if our music could be kind of like a a haven for that and shining more light on on the joy of the world instead of just like all the shitty stuff that's happening every day that would be that would be my dream is to feel like we're part of a movement that's building, that there is more joy and is more sort of like people feeling together and happy and hopeful and, you know, all the good stuff. I would love for our music to be really a a part of of that movement. Amen to that. Yeah, I agree. I think that could go for any years from now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) the sooner the better. (laughs) I think the world needs it. Yeah, I like that answer. All right, we'll leave it at that. (laughs) Sophie, Tucker, two amazing human beings, incredible artists. Check out everything they do, guys. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks Thanks for having us.